It is Thanksgiving. And so we come in our best outfits to worship our God. A number of people do bless by God, but they, they keep the best outfit they have for the functions of men. And in Christ the Tabernacle, we don't think that is right. From the little that God has blessed us, we keep our best outfit for the sons given, and also we bring an offering to the Lord for the year. So as we begin our year, it is with thanksgiving offering unto the God who has saved us and had blessed us throughout the previous year. And so, today you will see all manners of Tom and Jerry outfits. And that's the reason why I'm not in my regalia, because today is, we call it, is it more today you could call it? Yes. So, as you see the choir, they're always with um, black suit and tie and stuff. So today they are relaxed. So that every one of us, instead of putting on our collar and stuff like that, we just <coughs> put on our normal clothing. But I will say this to you. You must, uh, David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all within me, bless his holy name. And he went on further in the, in the area of thanking God. That I will not give God an offering that does not hurt me. In other words, he said, God, you are the one who has provided all this that you have given to us. And so he said, who are we that we may bring this offering unto your name? But Father, we give you the glory and honor and praise for the privilege and honor you have given to us. Today, therefore, is a prophetic day. I I was early in the morning yesterday... After our night vigil, I was invited by our brethren in Leeds. Really, I tell you this, <clears throat> the brethren, your brethren in Leeds, you know, they are the same thing like you. Everything instruction God gives us on this pulpit, their pastor echo it to them and they run with it. And I can tell you that every testimony we are having here is happening too with them. But you know, when God begins in prophetic concerning a season, he reveals in faces. The prophetic concerning this year, God began to reveal from June. And if you remember, I said to you that, oh, this is interesting. God always speaks to me about New Year from October. But when God began to speak to me from June, you know, I said this is exciting because it is not the usual method that he uses. But who can tell what God will do? And God continued to speak to us month after month or till this very month and this is the 7th of of january very interesting and so god spoke to me concerning what he has said to you it pro, you know it gave me more progression on it if you look at what the lord taught us from the first day of this month it's very simple the lord had told us that this is a year which is for the church it will be the year of god's divine visitation in christ faith tabernacle But the Lord spoke about entering your Canaan. And the Lord said to me to tell you, in this year, you will enter the place of your rest. That is the word of the Lord. In the previous years, you might have struggled. You might have battled. But in this year, I come to announce to you that you will enter your Canaan. I know when God was speaking about entering your Canaan, he gave us the book of Joshua chapter 3. And in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5, he says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And what the Lord spoke to me in the morning, 9 a.m. yesterday, was this. I shall announce to you, Jesus, when he taught us the Lord's prayer, he said, Give us this day our what? I want everyone to be participator. There is no roaming, no wandering (laughs) today. Brief and very effective. What prayer did Jesus teach you for today? Give us. Say it again. Say it again. 
So for each day you receive your daily bread. I say for each day you will receive your... Even in the midst of famine, you will receive your daily bread. That is the word of the Lord himself. But in the book of Joshua, he now spoke about your tomorrow. For each day you will receive your daily bread. For tomorrow God will do wonders. He said, tomorrow I will do amazing things. Somebody say, Amen. I say, your God will do wonders tomorrow. Every day you wake up, thank God for the daily bread. And thank God for the wonders of tomorrow. Because this is the kind of mindset God wants you to live from this year. From this year. God wants you and I to begin to live the mindset of heaven. Understanding that today has been taken care of yesterday by the Lord. So the provision of today will not miss you. And you will not miss the blessings of each day. I can't hear your amen. When I make prophetic declaration, I want to connect with me so that you can receive the manifestation. Are we together now? There is something that I saw yesterday. You know, in, um, when God was speaking about this, if you look at the book of Genesis 49, verse 26, I want us to read it together so that we can understand. When I stand on the pulpit as the father of this house and I speak over your life, what does that speaking carry? When I prophesy over you, what do... Look, if they curse anybody and you bring him under this roof, when I declare a blessing... The curse flies away. The blessing I speak out of my mouth will swallow any curse that is spoken by any mortal. If Satan became a human and spoke a curse on a man, when I stand in Christ in God and declare a blessing, woe to the curse, it shall be no more. I say it shall be no more. Read the scripture together, shall we? Your father's blessings are greater than... Stop it. Read it again. Your father's blessings. Then continue. Uh huh. Come on. Listen to me. The blessings God spoke to Abraham rest upon your head. I said the blessings of God spoken to Abraham rest upon your head. From the mouth of Jacob it was spoken to Joseph and it was so. I said the blessings that God of heaven pronounced over, over Abraham begins to manifest over your head. Do you know the scripture that gives you that, that, the, the, that validate that word? In the book of Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, write me down. It says Christ redeemed Put it on the board. Let's use our mouth to read it. Excuse me. Read it to yourself. I say, Christ redeemed. Who did Jesus redeem? Who did he redeem? Who did he redeem? From what? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Excuse me. That scripture tells me that when Jesus died on the cross and Jesus opened the gateway of salvation, anybody who runs into that gateway runs into a redemption. Redemption is a payment for a sanction. Am I correct, lawyers? When somebody had committed an offense and he is sanctioned, and is given a sanction. And somebody comes and pays for it. That is redemption. Okay? The person who pays for it may not be the one who offended. You see, the Bible says, Jesus Christ redeemed me from curse of the law. By what? Putting himself against me. Against my sanction. He became the curse so that I can be blessed. Jesus became the curse so that I can be the blessed one. Excuse me, somebody. Listen very attentively to me. There was somebody who asked a question yesterday, and this is common, and that's why I'm going to talk about it. So, well, you know, there are some times in our lives that Satan set us up. And some of us become a victim of oppression of demons by it. 
Am I talking to you? Come on, I can't hear you. I'm going to look at two characters today that Satan set up and how God dealt with it. How they dealt with it and how God dealt with it. My theology or my understanding of the scripture is forthright. Now, do you need somebody to deliver you from that? No. Because there is somebody who already paid the price. Somebody say amen. Amen. The person who paid the price, his name is called Jesus. So if somebody had cursed you, and you have been living under curses, you only need to know where to run to. Not a man. You only need to run to the source that took the curse, so that you can become a He exchanged himself for you. And so, he says, And Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that is hung on a tree. Now, the next verse is, why did he do that? Shall we read the next verse together? He redeemed us. Now, he redeemed us, why? In order that the blessing given to who? The father Abraham, yes, might come upon who? About, excuse me, he said the blessing God gave to father Abraham might come upon me. Yes, and he defined that me. He called us Gentiles. And the blessing will flow to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that what? By faith, not works. Not by conducting deliverance. We can start that way. We don't conduct deliverance. Anybody who conducts deliverance will go back to the drawing board and seek the face of God. The Bible says this time will follow them who believe they will cast out demons. We cast out demons. We don't conduct deliverance. That's, that statement conducting deliverance had deluded God's people and bound them for, for many years. If Jesus was on earth conducting deliverance in Jerusalem, he would still be on earth today conducting deliverance. Not going to cross. By, my Bible tells me that someone paid the price. He paid the price. His name is Jesus. So that you and I can freely access the Father's blessing. Which is from Abraham. And it says, So that by faith we might receive the promised spirits, Holy Spirit. Now let me see, let me show you something now. The topic we are looking at today is the topic that we stopped during the three days living a life of victory. This is part two of it. Now watch this. So, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us in order that the blessings of Abraham may what? May manifest upon those who believe in Jesus by faith. Now let me read the blessings of Abraham to you. It says, the Lord God has said to Abraham, leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. This is, this is um, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And I want to see the parallel between you and Abraham. You and I have left our country. We have left our people. We have left our father's household. That interprets to you leave the world. Alright? That is the world. Your country, your people, your father's household. That's the constitution of the world. We left the world and we are looking forward to the promised land, which is eternal rest with Jesus Christ. Paradise. And to that promise, to that, to that uh, 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 declaration is a promise. And so God now said, I will make you into a great nation. The Lord will make you into a great nation. He says, I will bless you. The Lord will bless you in this year. Amen. I can't hear your amen, man. Amen. I'm telling you about the blessing of the father that is for the son. That is what Jacob pronounced on Joseph. 
And that is what Galatians pronounced upon you and I who believe in Jesus. He says, I will make your name great. I said the Lord will make your name great. He says, and you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing, I say. I will bless those who bless you. The Lord will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, God said, I will curse. The Lord will curse anyone who curses you. Yeah. In another word, their curse will go upon them. If anybody pronounce a curse on a born again, that curse is non greater. It cannot have effect. Because Balaam said, how can I curse he that God had not cursed? For curse to manifest, God must permit it. But for you, God said, Jesus had taken the place of your curse. So any curse against you is not permitted. That is what Balaam said. How, how can I denounce those that God has not denounced? He says, I look at them from the lofty to hill. He says that they are a people separated, different from the nation. And so no curse is found in Jacob. No divination is found in Alfred Williams. It shall be said of Christ with tabernacle, see what God has done. Can you understand that? That is the man who has the greatest power of curse, whoever lived among human beings. Because the Bible says the word of Balaam is as of God. But when he turned that authority to curse God's people, he failed. Three times he failed. And the fourth time, he, he, he repented from cursing to blessing. And he began to pronounce blessing. Your enemies will bless you. I say your enemies will bless you. Anyone who rise up against you in the next three years, give God said to us, they will rise up to bless you. He says, all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. This is the covenant of God. To everyone who believes in Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Now go back to your Galatians. Let's read again. 3.13 Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hung on the tree. <clears throat> and then he says, the reason why he did it is because God wants us to enter into the Abrahamic blessing. He redeemed us in order that the blessings of Abraham may rest upon you Gentiles through Jesus Christ by faith in his name. Everyone who has faith, you enter into the blessing. You enter into the blessing. You enter into the blessing of Abraham. I faith in his name. Number two, you and the devil, you are not in the same class. Write it down. If you are born again, it does not matter what you have gone through. You know, we have all these lectures from a lot of people, a number of people, concerning a woman was raped, and then there are some spirits that can oppress that woman. I don't, I don't, I don't dispute that. I've never seen such spirits. But maybe, maybe that opinion is correct. But if it is correct, I'll give you the solution. What should a person like that do? The demons that oppress a woman who was raped is not different from the demons that oppress a person who is insane. It's not different from the demons oppressing a person who is in doubt. It's not different from the demon that is oppressing somebody who is in anger, who has anger, or somebody who just keep on lying. It's not different from the demon. Let me see. All demons are demons, and no demon is more demon than a demon. Am I talking to you? Come on, look at me. When you say demon, you are talking about fallen angels. Okay? Some people say that uh, demons are given back to by intercourse of man and angel. They are talking nonsense. If that philosophy is correct, it means that Satan can create human beings. If you believe that demons came in chapter 6 of Genesis and met with men, you have to show me their sexual organ. Because Jesus said in the book of Matthew that the sons of this age marry. But when we die, we become like angels. Angels do not marry because they do not have sexual organs. So the people who have sexual organs are human beings and the created beings so that they can reprocreate on earth. And if you say that demon, demon manifested in body, demon cannot manifest except they possess a human body. Am I talking to you? 
But let's, uh, let's just look at if that direct one is correct. Okay? I don't care. But for me, that's a lie. Because the Bible didn't say that. Okay? So. So. If demons and Satan conjugate and they decide to attack a Christian or they have afflicted somebody, okay, what does that person need? It's salvation. Because this evidence tells us, this scripture tells us, faith in the name of Jesus break every curse. Correct? Okay. So, now let's look at, now when you now come to Jesus, what are you? And what is your what is your what is the difference between you born again and the devil? Look at the book of Colossians. We'll look at that quickly in five minutes and then move away from there and tell you something. Colossians chapter one, verse thirteen. God began to speak. He says, <clears throat> For he has rescued us from the dominion. You remember Galatians three thirteen? Always put this together in your mathematical knowledge. And the Colossians is what? 1, 13. What I'm look, tracing is your identity. What I'm tracing is to build up um, an understanding that if you truly have faith in Jesus, there is no demon that you cannot get rid of. Should they occupy any position that belongs to you? Whether your body or your mind or anything. You don't need a third party to get rid of them. If it is to conduct deliverance, conduct it yourself with your mouth. And I will show you two people who conducted deliverance by their mouth. Excuse me, somebody. Understand this. What I'm talking about is living in victory. It is not for joke that Jesus died for you and I. And anyone that Jesus died for must live in the victory of the cross. Anything different from victory, you must not believe it. Because they are lies of the devil. He lied to us when we are in the world. Now we are in Christ. We cannot continue to believe a lie. Because the Bible says if a man therefore be in Christ Jesus is what? A new creation. He says all things are passed away. All things have become what? New. Who are you as a Christian? That's what God tells me. For he rescued us. That is God rescued us. He's not talking about Jesus here. He's talking about God. You will soon find Jesus. God rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. You see that? I see Jesus. So, from the day you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are no more under dominion of darkness. If you are not under the dominion of darkness, it means any law passed in the dominion have no credence over you. Any decision. That's why Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell. Gates of hell means the decision that is made by hell, it will not prevail against you. There is no law of any country on earth that can stop you from rapturing. Am I talking to you? Let the world, let the world go into a severe recession. The laws of recession does not govern your kingdom because it's in dominion when there was a recession caused by the prophetic of a man the man said that shall be no rain. he is the one who caused the recession the drought he called for it and it happened and for him the lord came to him and said you will not be part of him you spoke on my behalf and god did something that mortal men have never been able to unravel till this day he sent a little bird to feed the man all right? Three and a half years is not a joke. That man ate throughout recession. When people are starving, let me say this to you. The Bible says, therefore, you are rescued from dominion of darkness. So, any, any being that constitutes that dominion, understand, you have been rescued from their hand. So let me say that somebody was raped before and you are depressed. Or somebody was an adulterer before and you are now married and you are always having this thought of adultery. Somebody has been uh, uh, locked up in pornography and then you start to have all manners of hallucination. 
Somebody has been involved in a, a evil thought before, and when you are born again, you continue to have evil thoughts in your brain. Okay? To break loose of it is what I'm telling you. With your mouth and your mind. The Bible says here, one, now that you cross the bloodline, you are no more under the dominion. Okay? It does not say that they cannot attack you. Because if you see, countries attack one another, isn't it? Seeking to gain more territory of another country. In the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angel fought against the dragon. When there was war in heaven, God did not intervene. And it was the realm of angels. That's why God did not intervene. Because it was the realm of angels that Satan is blabbing and talking nonsense. But Michael led the war. And when Michael led the war, the Bible says that the devil was not strong enough. He can never be strong enough because they are talking from different authority. One is under dominion, one is in the kingdom. Anybody who reco- reco- uh, uh, represents God, you are speaking from the kingdom power, not dominion. That is a servant. You know, every teaching that, that brainwashes <coughs> a Christian to make him still feel like he is under dominion, is of the devil. Thank you. I believe you got what I'm saying. So, God delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us or translated us into the kingdom of his son. He loves. So, you and Jesus, you are in the same kingdom. Let me tell you, so if something arises against you and is beyond your power and you are in the kingdom, what do you do? Jesus! And reinforcement will come. You can be alone in any part of the world, in the midst of demons and devils, and they surround you and hem you around, and they decided now we have got him. Nobody is with him. And they attack you. What do you say? Jesus! And once you say that, the Bible says, a standard will arise. A standard will arise. Whether on earth, in heaven, or under the earth. So, why should you believe that a demon can oppress you? Oppress that demon from today. You have the capacity to do so. You don't need to go to any for it. I cast out devils, you know. Several. And I'm, I'm, I'm still in the business of casting devils out. Even when I die, my bones will cast out demons. Yes, one of my friends died. And they were going to bury another corpse after he had died for a few years. And then the enemy was coming. They said, oh, let, let's run for our life. Those in the funeral procession ran for their life and put the bread in and when they put him in the grave, they did not know the grave of the person. It was the grave of my friend. And his bones came out from his body and touched the dead body. And out of the bones of the dead man, man of God, life came to the dead person. He rose from the dead. He looked at himself that, what am I doing here in the sepulcher? He ran out and he saw people who carried him to the sepulcher on it. He ran after them. I'm sure that the city, something will happen in that city that day. Hallelujah, somebody. When the dead people, those who, who could throw his dead body in the sepulcher, look back. They thought it was Arameans and they discovered that this is it. The, they flee. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we know that those guys will believe in taboo as well. I mean, those guys, if we see them in heaven, they're going to explain to us how that day was. Come on, let me tell you. The powers of Jesus Christ cannot be confronted by any power on earth, in heaven, and under the earth. From the pit of hell, no power can confront Jesus Christ. And this scripture tells me, you and I, we are in his kingdom. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. So you are translated. Then the next verse says, I love it. In whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. And that defies when they tell you you have generational curse. Nonsense. Because your father was a witch. Can somebody owe Barclays Bank 
and he died. And then they are going to his son, who did not have an account in Barclays Bank, and said that was not Alfred Williams. He said, yes, he had an account in Barclays Bank, yes, it was my father, yes. And they said, we want you to pay for his, his debts. I'm sure that the man will first ask them that my Alfred Williams is his son. Or a judge said that we condemn this Alfred Williams, and so you are his son. You have to come and serve the sentence of your father. So how could Christians believe that their forefathers can, can commit sin and God will punish them for it? It is insanity. Insanity. If you look at the book of Ezekiel chapter 17, chapter 18, it talks about what is this proverb I hear in Israel? The fathers are seen, eating sour grapes and the seed of sons are set on it. He said, never shall I hear it. The soul that sin it, it shall die. God said, never say that again. If you look at the book of Hebrew, when I treat about curses this year, you will see also that Jeremiah said that the generation is coming, and when that generation comes, it shall never be said again. And then he went to Hebrew and said that this is the generation that is coming. And so let me say this to you. I wanted you to understand you, your identity to the devil identity. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, translated into the children of his son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Look at the chapter 2, verse 13. We are going to read it together, shall we? When we were dead in our transgressions. Uh-huh. Excuse me, excuse me, we read it together. When? Uh-huh. Did Jesus leave one sin unforgiven? How many sins did he forgive? Now let me give you one more that tells you, not explain the word all. Because some may say that that is the sin that you committed, that the Bible is talking about. But I'm saying all our sins means the, the sins committed by you and your forefathers. That is what the Bible means by all. Some say that Jesus forgive you your sins, but the sins of your forefathers are still hanging over you. Isn't it the lecture? And so because of their sins, God is punishing you. Is that not what they teach? Come and answer me. That's the doctrine of generational curses. Or how can it come? That God forgive your own sins. But the sins of your forefathers, because your forefather made covenant with a God, your forefather went to, your mother went to a, a herbalist to go and help him before you were born, or because you also have consulted some herbalist and then you got born again, isn't it? So, those sins, they are claiming that they can hunt after you. Is that correct? Is that not so? That's what they teach. Come on, why don't you answer me? Yes? But I'm telling you that all sins cover all those things. The word all sins. If somebody wants a more definite writing, go to the book of Romans chapter 4. Really, we read chapter 3. And let's begin from 20, 20, 23. Romans three twenty-three. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Then are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So we have all sinned, but we have been forgiven. Yes? Whether you went to Babalawu or you went to Voodoo Man or you went to witch in England, before you give birth to you, you conceive your child. Whether they assign a demon to that child, okay, once you get born again, the sin of going to the witch doctor in the days you did not know is forgiven. Your forefathers, the, the, the sins they committed is forgiven. Now let me show you one more thing. If we go to the next line, it says, God presented him as a what? Of what? That is sacrifice to, to atonement means to mediate between God and man. God presented Jesus himself, God himself, presented his son to be killed, to be sacrificed. He put him on the altar so that it can be the atonement between him and sinners. Because the eyes of God does not see sin. 
So for God to see you and I, we must be sinless. And as far as God is concerned, we are sinless. Because we have come through the blood. God doesn't see you as who you were. He sees you as who you are by the blood of the Lamb. That's why you and I can approach God. That's why we can hear Him. That's why He can speak. And that's why we can speak to Him. Because Jesus paid the price. Now He says, God presented Him as sacrifice of atonement through faith in His blood. He did this. I want to understand this. To demonstrate His justice. Justice. Because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. What are the sins committed beforehand? Your sins before you were born. Your mother's and father's sin, generational sin. They are the ones beforehand. Before you. He says, he commit, all the sins committed before you, God left them unpunished. Because of the atonement of the blood of sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. How can someone brainwash you and say that those things are still having power over you? It is godless. Understand, faith is what God gave you to access promise. Fear is what Satan gives to afflict man. If you have fear, Satan will afflict you. If you have fear, the devil will overcome you in every battle. Nobody goes to confront devil with fear because fear is a gift of Satan. Every message that puts fear in human beings, they are from the devil, not from God. Every sense of fear, every thought of fear, they come from demons of hell to anyone who is born of God. And the only way you can overcome it is by the word of faith. You must believe that if the Bible says something, woe to the man who says contrary. So when they tell you that your father's disease is after you, your, your father's covenant and all stuff, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. My father was a, was a mystic. What is, is there any, any demon? Have you seen a demon hunting Apostle Williams? Excuse me. The only thing you can see around is angels. You can't see devil because I have four eyes too. I'm telling you. With devil. <laughs> you know what? I just believe what the Bible says. What God says and that's it. Who conducted deliverance for my, for, for my father? Who did? Who did? My father said when I turn to Jesus, I turn fully. I don't look back. Who conducted deliverance for my mother, a princess of Baal? She was. She will rise up and levitate. Physically. Floating in the air. Sitting comfortably. Who conducted deliverance for her? She said, also with my dad, when you accept Jesus, you must accept him really. Listen to me. Satan has filled the church of God with all doctrines of devils that make people fear and make them not understand the power inside them. And the reason why many believers are operating in fear. So they are defeated. If something happened to you and somebody said to you that it is your, your curses of your generation, you just finish. You need to ask him to show you where it is in the Bible. And if he shows you Ezekiel, tell him to read the whole Ezekiel. This the story of three generations. And when God even says that, never mention it again. The, so the, the father's eating sour grief. You people say, father is sour grief. And it is of some success. And God said, dare you not say it again. Listen to me. It says here, every sin committed beforehand, God led them to go and punish because he's looking at the atoning blood. He looked at you through the spectacle of atoning blood. Come on, let me show you something in Ephesians chapter 1. We look at verse 3. Very quickly. I'm trying to establish to you without <laughs> beyond reasonable doubt that you are set free. Amen. I just wanted to believe this. Not according to your feeling, but according to the word. This year, what will happen to you? If you feel different from what the Bible says, you are entering into the Bible now. That is, all that feeling must bow to what the scripture says. Did you not get what I'm saying to you? Amen. My body is sick, but the Bible says, 
Jesus paid the price. So what do I do? I take my body and bring him under subjection of what is said. And I command my body because the blood of Jesus was shed for your healing. So body be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand upon the word until that sickness vanish. And it will be so. If he pays me hard, I pray hard. Look, listen to me. It says here, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The next verse, I'm not talking about that. What I just tells you is that there is no blessing you need that has not been provided, but they are in the heavenly realm. That's the reason why you must sanctify yourself from this year. Because to access heavenly realm, you need a passport of sanctification. So I see what is sanctification. I will finish with that and tell you what you need to do about that. So, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be what? Let's read that scripture together. For God chose us. Who are you? You are holy and what? You are holy and blameless. Not because you have not made mistakes. Am I talking to you? Mortal men make mistakes. But as far as God is concerned, it's a pity. I want to say something. English does not have meaning for it. English doesn't have meaning for it. But let me interpret it literally. In my dialect, they used to say, buruku, nunidi. You know the meaning of that? When your child in the village go to the, to the bush to poo, because at least in England, we know that in the, in the, in the London, uh, you know, city of London, where you have John Wesley and the rest of them, when we went there, they told us that in the days of Wesley, people would pull in the room and throw it into the ground in England. That's what happened in England. Because, they are, because you are born when they flush your pool doesn't mean that this place was not a village. It was a village in England. Even in the time of Wesley, them, they, put, they showed us where the room where he is, that's where he pulls and he'll take this pool, throw it by the window, and it is the city of London. And all, they, they say passers by, if they are not fortunate, they carry what is not their own. That's what was, that was England. So, that, our brother said that, if your child poo in the wrong place, you cannot get sandpaper or wire gauze to clean his bomb as punishment. Yes? Because your son put, you took a wire gauze and begin to scrape the bomb. You are going to wound the child, isn't it? And who will, who will take care of it? It's you. So if your child pulled wrongly, what you do is that you spank the child, not with a wire gauze, and then you clean it. You will not give your child to a lion because he pulled wrongly. And say, help me discipline him because you may not have him back. So how can God give you to demons to punish you? How will God do that? If you bad fathers know how to give good things to your children, how much more? That's what Jesus told. To help you understand the love of God. And yet some people told you that, no, their own doctrine is that God will tell the demon to punish you. See what it says here. God has chosen us in Him before creation of the world to be what? Holy and blameless in His sight. Because He sees us through the blood. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His what? Sons in the kingdom. And He says this through Jesus Christ. Here. Of the kingdom. No, no, let, me, let me finish. He says, in accordance with his pleasure, I 
and will. So which means that God looks at us who are saved. He's just having fun. Because they have been saying that, but they are sinners. Mm-hmm. They might be saying that they are sinners. Mm-hmm. You touch them. That's what God will be saying. <laughs> ah, he used to be my messenger. Mm-hmm. He had a covenant with me. God will be looking at you. God is just having pleasure in looking at a person that says Satan will see as a sinner going to hell. But now he has changed course by the blood of the Lamb. What a mystery. What a mystery. Oh man, it's a great fun for God. That's what the Bible says. Look at what it says further. His pleasure and will, the next verse, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he had freely given us in the one he what loves. I love it. Father, in him I have what? Come on, let's read that together. In him we have redemption. statement should be understood. He says, in God, we have redemption through his blood, which he shed as a son of God for the forgiveness of all sins, you remember? When it says sins, it's in all, he qualified it. In accordance with the riches of his grace. No wonder he has pleasure Seeing a sinner now is sin. <laughs> hey, let me tell you. you know, look, our sonship is not determined by a substance can anyone can tamper. Because it, is, it takes its root from the richness of God's grace. And you know what God's is, grace is? It, it, if, if you talk about it in, 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 in dimension of distance... It is an infinitesimal close grace. Let me say this to you. If you look at it as, you know, just theoretical mind, it is, it is innumerable grace. When I was a servant of Satan and you and I, and anything the devil say we did, and the devil is happy, he's taking us to hell, he was leading us, he was leading us. Holy Ghost double crossed us on the way. Look, let me tell you, when Holy Ghost double crossed us, I think Satan had to flee from us because now Holy Ghost around. I give you an example. When Paul was going to, to Syria, after taking certificate to, to persecute Christians and kill them, and on his way he was going. And then suddenly the Bible says, Jesus did what? Double crossed him. When the light shone on Paul, Nobody taught Paul about Jesus. God will show your enemy himself. He will reveal himself to your enemy. You know when he said there is an enemy somewhere, I'm always happy. (laughs) If there is no enemy, I will look for one. It keeps me happy going because of the pleasure of God. Am I talking to you? When Jesus appeared to Saul, he said, my Lord, who told him? Who told him, your creator cannot ex- appear to you and you are looking for introduction. Your sanity will come back. Am I talking to you? Am I talking to you? Come on, that creator, you and him, you are in the same kingdom. That is the, the issue of today. You are sons of the kingdom. I, I love it. Riches of his grace, endless. Then number eight, that he lavishes on us. With all wisdom and understanding. This is God himself. <clears throat> he lavishes his grace upon us. Next verse. I will stop in 11. And he made known to us the mystery of his will. <laughs> this is too much. Someone say what is the will? That's what I'm telling you now. That's what I'm telling you now. By his Holy Spirit I'm talking to you. That God may not, not, Satan don't understand what you are, what I'm telling you now. The devil don't understand it. They are mystery in his ears. Because to understand it, it must be by the spirit of the most high. Satan is confused when people like us are talking like this. And you see, people who come under my speech, 
you can believe what I'm telling you and go away with it, the devil who came here and stuck you at the road, they will run from you. Yeah. You don't need to do another thing than just to believe. Amen. Because I'm reading to you the will of God by his word nakedly. He says here, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he proposed in Jesus Christ. Something will blow your mind more now. Watch it. Let's go further. 10. To be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Jesus Christ. I love it. Shall we read verse 11 together? You didn't read it. <laughs> read that scripture again. You have not read it. Stand up, please. <laughs> I want you to read that scripture to yourself. In him. Take your seats, please. Because some of you are too tall and you are in front. You are covering the eyes of people at the back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who is the one this scripture is talking about? Excuse me. Who is chosen here? You are chosen. Not by man. Man will have looked at how good you are and how bad. Really, would they look at your goodness? They look at how bad you are. That's how man look at. They look at how terrible you are, and they are more terrible. They cover their own, isn't it? Let me tell you this. God chose you. Two things I'll give you here. God chose you not only that. Everything will work for you. Amen. The scriptures. Let me give you a practical scenario. A student failed in first year university. And that student is determined to come out in first class. What happens to that student? He repeats. But that repetition, he will repeat with anger. And the brain that he had, which lecturer probably will say to him that you, you can't amount to anything they'll be shocked. At the end of the second year, they'll be saying, who has this paper? Because he will break the record of a contradiction. So I'm telling you this now. If God had chosen you, which he has, and God said, it does not matter what happened in your life, God is working behind it. Look, when bad happening happened, who is the one working behind it? Satan. Isn't it? But you didn't see him. You didn't see him. Suddenly you just see that those bad occurrences are happening. But you have been behaving in a particular manner. And then it ended up in that result. Okay? So, when you face the devil. When you face difficulties. And you are a child of God. When you face whatever challenges. There is somebody who said, I am with you always. If you pass through fire... I will be with you. And the flame of the fire will not hurt you. Amen. That is Jesus. You will just see. End of the road, there is, end of the tunnel, there is light. I say, end of the tunnel, there is light. Tunnel was built. The, well, you know, tunnel is very, very simple. <clears throat> you know, I can explain this to you very well, technically. Because one of the things I did was tunnel engineering which I was involved in setting up some tunnels. Now, tunnels start from light. Are we in agreement? Yes, sir. It is from here we want to build underground. So we start from light to build tunnel. 
and we end tunnel in life because or else it will not be a tunnel. It will not be an, a, a, a tunnel by which one can exit. So if life began and life end tunnel, come and tell me. But I'm saying to you, it does not matter what you are going through. From this year, the end of it will be joy. Amen. I say the end of it will be victory. Amen. The Bible says, thanks be to God, He always gives us what? Victory! Amen. So don't let anybody lambast you with some words and tell you about Satan that has no power or credence over you. Don't let them tell you that your father's misbehavior or, or whatever it may be has any effect on you because you are not your father. You have come under a new father. His name is what? Jesus. I will finish with you now. Look at, let's finish that Colossians 2. We, we went to Colossians 2, isn't it? We looked at chapter 13. And, no, 2, chapter 13. That's where we went away to all these things. Now let's go and complete that Colossians. Today is the first day. And I'll just finish and then we go to other, I will continue this lecture with you next time. But I have established to you that if anybody tells you that God looks at your father's sins, it's a lie. Because those sins are no more. And anything that is no more cannot be brought back to memory. That's the reason why Alfred Williams did not need deliverance by anybody. Excuse me. And you who are in Christ Jesus, don't need deliverance by anybody. Let me just wrap that up. If you look at verse 14, I read that very quickly. Having canceled everything called with this regulation that, that was against us and that stood opposed to us, or any covenant that stood against us with the legal demands, that's what the other translation says, Jesus nailed them on the cross. So, whether your forefathers made covenant with any devil, the Bible says the cross of Jesus smashed it to pieces. So what about people who tell you to confess, confess all the covenant, every covenant my father my, I made, every covenant I made knowingly and unknowingly. It is sensible to say knowingly. You can't make covenant unknowingly, can you? I think they didn't understand the legal meaning of covenant. <laughs> there is no covenant without two people agreeing on it. So how can you confess covenant unknowingly? No, 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 no. You can't go to the court and say to them that, you know, if you can, if, if somebody takes you to court about a covenant and you can establish to the court that you are, you were not conscious of such covenant by any means, then that covenant is null and void. That is law. Am I talking lawyers? So how can Christians believe in a void covenant? Satan said that it's my wife. When did he take you to the altar? It used to be my wife. Now, show me the evidence that you married a spirit married man. I've had that in my meetings across the globe, my crusades, that some people will come and confess nonsense. I will tell them, come back to your sanity. I'm the sixth wife of Satan. Shut up! Which sixth wife of Satan? In where? Who conducted the wedding? I tell them to shut up in my crusades. Don't talk me nonsense. I know the devil doesn't marry. I know no demon under heaven marry. They don't have sexual organs. Where do you get your own from? Eh, hey, yeah, somebody's, I had a dream. People, I had a dream, and they were having, I, somebody was having sex with me on the dream. And is that somebody you should go and meet? Not tell me that that's his demon. Demons don't have sex with people. They don't. You have any occult here? Anybody who was, a, who was a satanist or witch? Nobody? Nobody is answering. Okay, let me tell you. As a son of a wizard, let me tell you. See, when people have dreams and some, they see somebody having affairs with them, it is the occult that go to people's dreams and have affairs with them. It's not demons. It's human beings. And I can tell you, don't miss, um, the, don't miss uh, the Tuesday Warriors of the Night, uh, GTA. You know, when we have the intercession, for those who are in the Jesus Church, I mean, the intercessors group of this church, I teach them deep things, deeper than this. Because they need to understand who the devil is. And I will cover how those things operate. Because I, I'm not telling you what I read. I'm telling you what I know. Because I came from the family of the devil. But now, 
I'm a son of God. What's that? So, we end up today by saying, Jesus cancels every covenant that stands with you again, you legal demand. And then in verse um, 14, it says, if, uh, the next verse, And having disarmed the powers and principalities, authority, power, principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. So, I stop by telling you, that Ephesians chapter, chapter 1 verse 11 is your portion this year. Let us stand up together and recite that Ephesians 1 11. Say it out of your, out of your heart. Declare it as your rhema word. Shall we? In him. Say that everything is working for me. Do you understand? You believe it? Say amen. Everything will work for you. I say in this year, everything will work for your good. God is behind it. Everything will conform to the purpose of God. Nothing that will happen to you by the devil will have credence or overcome. God is working behind everything in accordance to the will. So, it does not matter whether the news is bad. What this Bible tells me is this. That news will conform to the will of God. In this year, every bad news will turn to good news. They may begin in bad news, they will end up in good news for you. The only thing you need to do is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and commit yourself to His service eternal. No more laziness. I thought you were playing my music. That's not it. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Tie together again. In him I have been, in him I have been, and in him I have been predestined according to his plan. him everything happening to me must conform to God's purpose chosen predestined and working and the second scripture to that is Romans chapter 8 I know you know that look at verse 29 if we look at from verse 28 28 and 29 days Shall we read together? And I know that in all things, God works for the good. Uh Did you see that? Those three scriptures should be your memory verse. Let me tell you, if nothing good worked for you last year, in this year, it will work good for you. But you know something? You must conform to Christ. 